Hi, and welcome to Meet My Followers, episode number 54 for February 17th, 2011. Hi, I'm your host, Kate Dworkin, and this is the podcast where I interview my actual Twitter followers. Today's guest is Adam Baker at Man vs. Dead. This week's episode is brought to you by Interactly. Interactly takes the guesswork out of mastermind group creation. You can get paired up with entrepreneurs, office folks, CEOs, whoever you need in order to benefit you and your career. We can hook you up with them. So head on over to interact.ly to get started today. Today's guest is someone who I was very fortunate to meet at last year's South by Southwest. His name is Adam Baker, but he's better known for his blog, Man vs. Debt. Baker, thank you for coming on the show. No problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. So, you know, obviously I've kind of, you know, told people the blog and, and, and that little piece, but I would love to kind of get, you know, kind of your 30-second to two-minute kind of riff on what you do and what your story is, my man. Sure. Um, I'll try to keep it under two minutes. It's very difficult, but I'll do, I'll do my best. With <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I'd like to start it as uh, my wife and I were on a very typical life path. I had failed out of college but had started uh, a real estate business selling foreclosures and short sales as well as a property management company off the side of that. Um, and Courtney, my wife, had was just finished up college with a degree in education. So at the time – uh, we were engaged, and we got married, pregnant three months later, and then as it happens most of the time, if you're lucky, nine months later, our daughter was born. All of this came at a time when we were living a very unsustainable financial life and a very unconscious life in general. So by that, I mean we had about $18,000 in consumer debt as well as we were just on that typical path. Go to high school, get good grades, get into a college, hopefully graduate college, get a good job. If you don't graduate college, then you have to work really hard and start a business like that. Just that very typical, mm-hmm. um, the very typical channel path. And uh, we had a I, I joke that we had one of every loan except for a mortgage, and we were house shopping. You know, we just hadn't found the perfect white <laughs> picket fence yet. Um, and when our daughter was born, we finally had the clarity to look at our life. And this is the essence of, I guess, lifestyle design is the term everyone uses these days, thanks to Tim Ferriss. But um, whatever you want to call it, we sat down, and when we brought Milligan home from the hospital, our daughter, mm-hmm. we, we really evaluated our life, and we said, you know what? The way we're living our life is not in line with our values. And, and we thought of the most radical way to change that and to take back control. And for us, that was setting the, the goal to sell everything we owned. Uh, pay off our $18,000 in consumer debt and spend a year traveling abroad. So we gave ourselves a year time frame to do this, and then we wanted to spend the next year of our lives living abroad with our one-year-old daughter. Um, and sort of that decision, uh, the year leading up to that, led to me starting the blog. So I didn't start the blog before the decision. It, it was about halfway through our journey. But that decision, the year leading up to it, and our year traveling is really what started um, – both my the turnaround in my own life as well as my adventures um, in entrepreneurship online. Uh, it's it's been an amazing kind of ride for you. I mean, you know, when you and I first met, I think that it was on the way to an award show at South by Southwest where you were nominated for an award. I mean, you know, it, it's it's had to have been you know a lot of work, obviously. But uh, you know, talk to to you know the folks about kind of how this has kind of gained its own momentum and its own life of its own through the blog. Yeah, you know, I was really fortunate. Uh, like you said, it has been a lot of work, and a lot of people underrate how much, just how much work it is. Um, but I was fortunate in that I really did not start the blog with the dreams of it ever being a full-time business. You know, I knew in the back of my mind there were probably some bloggers that were making decent money, but I had no idea 
what 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 the potential and what the possibilities that existed using using online as an entrepreneurship tool. Mm-hmm. We'll just leave it very broad like that. I had no idea what it, what the possibilities that existed. Um, but I did know that I wanted to be a part of the personal finance blogging community. So I had researched and, and been a part of the community, been a commenter. So I was following a hundred personal finance blogs at the time. It was just a passion of mine. And by getting to know those bloggers better, I said, Hey, you know what? I want to do this. I want to be part of the community. So the first big thing for me was my intentions were right. And I think that was more luck than skill. You know, it was just more coming into it with the right mentality of, I like this environment. I like these people. I want to be a part of it. And by doing that early, I didn't have money to sway me. I didn't have um, the stress of a business early on. Um, I just wanted to produce great content, and I wanted to be respected by the community. And that re- that desire to be respected drove me to focus on giving other people value first rather than trying to make money, rather than trying to sell ads, rather than trying to build some huge empire. I just wanted to give value. I wanted to impress people. And that was really sort of how it evolved. And now, obviously, since then, that was uh, about two years ago. Since then, I've had many evolutions. I've had the added the stress of family full time and um, now have accomplished that um, and, and gone through a lot of trials and tribulations. But I think for me, um, you know, keeping it again to the two minute version, it all started with I got lucky because I started it with the right intentions. And so that's sort of how it started. The momentum started to build for me. Yeah. You started as a passion project and, and people saw that. I mean, and, and it didn't, it doesn't take long for when you're passionate and you're smart about something, right. And you are in a very relatable position regarding, you know, personal debt, right. I mean, so many people walk out of school now, you know, be it college or their master's degree with just a mountain of debt one way or another. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, it, it, your willingness to really expose yourself and tell people exactly where you're at financially. And I'm still perplexed on some levels that you every month put out, you know, a blog post that, that describes, you know, all the money that came in and all the money that went, went out. And I think that that's just an incredible, you know, kind of said you have to have be very, very courageous and comfortable with who you are if you're going to be that transparent. So, I mean, how did you come yeah, to I that think, decision? I think. Well, um, it was easier in the beginning when I wasn't making any money, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's always easier to share, to share the struggle. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was something I wanted to do early. Uh, and the blog itself is called Man versus Debt for a reason. It was very much a personal blog between us and our sort of war on debt is how we phrased it in the, in the beginning months and in the beginning year. Um, and so from the get-go, we always wanted to be transparent. Um, how I decided to keep that going with my business is I knew there were a lot, a lot of people um, that have – so you can find a million people a day that want to talk about personal finances. But when it comes to actually sharing the ins and outs of their finances, it's still a very taboo subject. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that finances and especially business finances and transparency in general when it comes to money is so taboo, is so hidden – that it makes solving problems very difficult. No one wants to admit they have a problem with that. No one wants to talk about their finances if they're doing well. And and that perpetuates a lack of information and a lack of knowledge. So really the reason that we keep doing it, whether that's sharing I made a $200 a month or you know a $40,000 a month, um, both of which I've shared on the blog. Mm-hmm. So I've had lots of successes and failures. By sharing that openness, not only do I expose light on the entrepreneurship lifestyle, which is very stressful, very up and down, but I also let everyone say that like, hey, this doesn't have to be taboo. And, and by as a result, people have shared their finances, people have shared their wins. Um, and it's certainly built up a lot of trust 
with my readership, which is not an not to be an undervalued technique and in, in, in growth. It's not. It's a great growth strategy. It's a great marketing strategy, and that's not why I do it. Um, but it would be insane not to recognize that benefit. It's it's a very quick way to build trust with the readership, and um, I love building that trust with my readership. Uh, and it's so transparent in what you do. I mean, you know, it, on your blog, right, which is, you know, I would guess very highly trafficked given the way that you've kind of built this community there and, and there is this trust. You don't have any ads and you're pretty, you know, blunt about that on your About Me page, which I love. And, and so why don't you fill people in on why you don't have ads and why you've kind of steered away from that? Yeah, well, early on, yeah, especially in the personal finance niche, um, there was a pull to go after page views and to sell ads. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to monetize. And there are a lot of my friends that are in the niche and other niches as well um, that are that are using that as a tactic. However, I have seen that it has a it has a very large negative effect, and that it compels people to blog after the topics that that sell the highest click rates on the ads. Hmm. In other words. Like in personal finance, let's just use that since since it's an area I started in and an area I know well. The high, what do you think the highest paying topics in personal finance are? Their credit cards, their bankruptcy, their payday lending, their all those shady different techniques pay really well if 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 you're able to convert those into ads and if you're able to display ads. In addition, if I wrote something that says, you know, why I hate credit cards, guess what Google then shows credit card ads because it's key it's based on the keywords and so yeah. it's you can customize it. But it's a very hard journey to do so. And so in the beginning, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to have any ads and I'm not going to – I'm going to be motivated by what topics I want to share and by what topics I think will be most valuable, not what topics necessarily pay the most. Now, it's not to say that I'm immune from from any draw when making money, right? Mm -hmm. I build my own products. I affiliate with products, but I only affiliate with the products that I use every day and that I really, really deeply believe in. I probably affiliate, as you know, I probably get, I probably affiliate with one offer for every 20 or 30 that I get. So that means 20 or 30 people email me with a new product or a new service that they want me to, to pay me to mention, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just have to say no to 29 out of 30 of those because my audience, again, it comes back to trust. They know that if I only recommend products that I believe in, then those, that's enough to support me. That's enough to grow my audience um, in addition to my own products. So for me, that was a much more genuine way. It's almost like controlled. You're picking your advertisers. You're still promoting. You're still saying, I really believe in this product. But you get to pick that based on what you use and what you love, not based on what ad network is paying the most or what you know this ad network or that ad, ad network decides to display at this current time. So it was about control for me. Again, it was about trust. Um, and I don't think everyone that uses advertisement is evil, um, but it just wasn't the model that most fit with who I was. And so, um, you know, I sort of just threw it out in the beginning as an option, and I'm really glad I did. Oh, it, it, it's, it's clear that you've made some really smart choices in the way that you've regarded your trust with your readership. And, I, and, and it's so clear to me that as I've kind of followed your blog and, and we've talked a couple of times, it's just really kind of important that – you stay both personally, you know, ethically completely okay with everything that you do 110%. There's never any shade of gray in, involved with your trust with your readership, be that in ads or content or anything else that you're doing. But, you know, one of the things that was really interesting for me that's kind of happened in the last, I don't know, probably six, six months or so has been the fact that you released a product and then you decided to bundle it together in order to help charity. Do you want to talk about that real quick? 
Yeah. Um, well, this was a very uh, interesting concept. I, I assume that you're referring to Only 72, which That's was correct. the name of, of the sale um, that a partner and I did. My partner was Carl Gaida, who is a who is a brilliant sort of entrepreneur in his own right. Um, and he actually originally had the idea to bundle one of his products that was a minimalist ebook. He had wrote it. And he wanted to bundle it with other people in the minimalist niche. This is um, things like, you know, uh, simplifying finances, simplifying all, all different types of life, anything that was involved around simplifying in the minimalist niche. So he got together 27 different ebooks, and these were very low priced, anywhere from five to $25. Maybe the highest was $20. He packaged them all together. It was like $250 in value for $27. It was an insane value. You got 27 different ebooks or 25 different ebooks for $27. It was crazy. And, um, he donated his first day's, uh, earnings to charity, to charity, to Kiva, mm -hmm. Kiva.org, which ended up giving about $10,000 to third world entrepreneurs. And, um, he made a little bit of money himself in the second and third days, but not nearly as much as he gave, he gave away. And, and at this time, he's a great friend of mine. We talk weekly. Um, we help each other with their businesses. I, I saw this idea go from an idea to fruition with great success. Given a charity, people loved it. Customers loved it. Everyone who participated loved it. Um, and I approached him and I said, you know what? This is not the last iteration of this idea. <laughs> you know, it's just a fire sale. It's the basic as you bring a lot of stuff together and you sell it on a short time frame for really cheap. Uh, it's so not a new concept, but I said we could take this and expand it to the online entrepreneurship field. I said I have a lot of connections, um, so I think this is a brilliant idea. It's really win-win-win for everyone involved, and it's so, so rare that you get a true win-win-win idea for everyone. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot, but the actual – practice of it is very rare and um carl said yeah great you know he um invested the time in me for for me to bring in the, the other people that i had in my network and i approached him for his business insight and his idea and we partnered up and um, we brought 23 entrepreneurship guides together ranging anywhere from 20 30 up to 100 150 dollars just there was a wide wide range of products it was a thousand dollars in value, and we sold it for ninety-seven dollars for three days, and we ended up doing about two hundred thousand dollars in revenue, um, and um, each, which I share very publicly, mm -hmm. and so it's again not 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 gloating at all because I've also shared months where we didn't make much, but Absolutely. that profited each Carl and I um, thirty thousand dollars in those three days. So that was a really really huge win. Not to mention that we paid out over a hundred thousand dollars to affiliates, and we raised thirty-three thousand dollars for Charity Water. So it was really um, it was really remarkable. It was a remarkable experience to be a part of, um, and it was just a really big win in the in the two years that I've been in online entrepreneurship. That that sort of came out of nowhere. It just came out of realizing an opportunity um, and and noticing when a guy is way smarter than he deserves, and that's in my partner Carl. Yeah, it, <laughs> and cap capitalizing on that. It was amazing to watch from the sidelines. I'll be honest, right? Because you know you sat there and and all of a sudden you know I follow a lot of you know lifestyle design minimalists, you know financial blogs. Because I, I'm, those are the areas of my life that I'm trying to really get my hands completely around. And uh, to sit there yeah. and just see everyone pretty much in mass start promoting this sale, whether their ebook was involved or not, because of yep. the people that you guys brought together was just amazing. And then to sit there and think that, you know, the, the crew over at Charity Water ended up picking up, you know, what was effectively going to be six, six and a half wells that they're going to be able to put in yep. third world countries. I mean, you know, this is the classical social win plus business win where everyone picks up. And it just, it's really, it's really great to see that, that, that all work together. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost tempted to ask the question of when's the next kind of opportunity for this coming? No, that's, 
that's that's perfectly fine. And with that topic, it's a really good thing because we had the chance to um, stranglehold this idea and really just squeeze it out. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have nailed it every two weeks, every month. We could have sure. changed a niche and tried to do it. And we thought about that. You know, we've thought about all those iterations. But at the end of the day, it came back to trust again. Yep. And we didn't want to, A, affect the market. Um, so we didn't want to have these fire sales all the time and people just not start valuing people's products and people not will be willing to buy people's products um, because it really was a community sale. Um, it, that's not just a term. It's not just like a, a fancy way that we viewed it. That's that's how we want it to stay. So we're not afraid to do it every six months, every year. Yeah. Um, but we don't we don't want to overdo it. And there's no need to. Um, no. It was it was a, it was a genuine one time sort of thing. And now we, we may choose to to do that again, um, but we are not going to overdo it. And that's that's very that's vitally po- important to Carl and I. Because we respect everyone that was involved, um, and uh, we want it to be about community and not about greed. Because if we wanted to try to slam it and make a bunch of money, sure, we may be able to do another two sales and squeeze it out and make a bunch of money and then have the idea fail. But – we really want it to last forever. Sorry about if you hear any no, background noise. No, it's, it's great to hear, and, and, and I, I, I do want to give some color around kind of where you're at and, and uh, why you know we've got uh, your daughter in the background and, and a little cutting out on Skype. I mean, you're out doing a road trip right now, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we uh, we bought an RV in December, and we've been full time RVing for the last two months. So we are outside of Asheville, North Carolina now. Um, and as a family, my wife and daughter, who you can hear uh, back in the bedroom screaming at the top of her lungs, um, <laughs> she uh, we travel around and um, and work when we can and, and explore some uh, some of the countryside. So uh, it's it's a fun sort of situation we have now, not without its ups and downs, of just course. like anything you do in life. Um, but uh, but we're having fun right now. Awesome. Well, you know. Baker, one of the things I love to close out these interviews with, and I don't preface my guests ever with this because I love catching people just slightly off guard, is who are some of the people who you follow on Twitter who you feel like should be getting more attention or just need, you know, random people who you get a lot of value out of that just need to have more folks, the folks listening to this show, uh, start to follow? Yeah, that's a that is a really good question. I will start. I will not answer the question directly first because Fair. I will say that I will say two people everyone needs to be following, but they don't necessarily need more attention because they're great at uh, getting the attention they deserve. But two of my mentors in this area are um, Chris Gillenbo um, of ArtofNonconformity.com, the Art of Nonconformity, yep. the book as well, and Jonathan Fields, um, career renegade. Um, just two freaking amazing people. Good two people that I really, really look up to. Um, but let me let me say those people should be followed. Yep. But let me sort of uh, refer back to your question more and try to get into maybe some people that aren't as well known. Um, I'm really hot on uh, Corbett Barr right now, another good friend of mine. Great guy. Um, yeah, runs thinktraffic.net, another guy that I talk with weekly and that I, I consider a close business advisor of mine. He's doing some amazing things, and he's going to be he's going to be huge. 2011 um, is going to be absolutely year. massive for him. Yeah, there's no question yeah. about it. Yeah, it's it, he's gonna go. He's gonna go crazy. So get in on that bandwagon early. Um, another person that I'm, I'm sort of in love with right now is Steve Camp. Steve Camp runs NerdFitness.com. Um, he combines the niches of obviously from the side domain fitness and just total geek slash nerddom. Um, does a lot of really cool things. Has just got his side up to the. Point 
point where he's quit his job, where he sold all of his things. He started traveling now. It just adds a little bit of flavor to it. Just, um, just a really genuine guy, an ambitious guy, and someone that's always pumping out good stuff in an area that I always need help with, and that's fitness. And so I'm always looking and waiting for Steve's posts. Um, to hit along with Corbett's posts, along with Carl Gaida, you know, of RidiculouslyExtraordinary.com, my partner in Only72, and the two mentors. Those guys, whenever a post hits the Google reader or hits the email, um, you know, I dig in right away because those are the guys I'm, I'm sort of trending on right now. Another mutual friend of ours who I'll mention um, is Grant Peel. Mm-hmm. Grant Peel on the Renman. Um, Grant is, has always been ambitious has done great work offline is just now starting to translate his work online. And when he hits the right stream online to take all his offline genius and put it online, he's going to blow up as well. So that's um, the Renman show. Of course, you can get some of Grant and Allen, um, but those guys are good friends. And I think that 2011 and especially 2012 for those guys are going to be huge. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and, uh, you know, Baker, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. No problem, Kate. I appreciate you having me on. And there you have it. Hopefully you enjoyed meeting Baker. Please head on over to his website. That's manversusdebt.com. Follow him on Twitter at manversusdebt as well. And, uh, you know, he's going to be out at South By. Uh, I now have confirmation that I will be out at South By. So if you're going to South By Southwest, send me an at reply. Tell me that you're coming, and uh, we'll see if we can't uh, find some time to meet up and uh, say hi. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you back next Thursday. <laughs>